Welcome back, everybody, to the post-Super Bowl listen-in podcast. Uh, before we dive into the music talk, just wanted to say we were wrong about our Super Bowl prediction. We predicted the Patriots would win. I think I said they'd win in a rout. <laughs> they did not. They did not. They lost. Congrats to the fans of Philadelphia. Congrats to the Eagles themselves. Um, if you want more Super Bowl talk, we do a little bit in the post-show, so listen after the music after the show ends. Um, but yeah, man, what can you say? Good game by the Eagles. They they outplayed Brady at his own game, and you can't really blame Brady. So No, you can't. Brady played great. Eagles as a team played better. Our defense couldn't get a stop for shit. Not one single so, stop. what are you going to do? Um, so yeah, we were wrong about the Super Bowl. But speaking of the Super Bowl, Jake, Justin Timberlake performed at halftime. Yes. Uh, days after the release of his new album, Man of the Woods. And so far, I think all the reception's been really positive to both those things. Right? <laughs> Everyone Trump? loved both, There's yes. been no backlash Critical against Critical acclaim across the board right. for JT. No, that's not the case at all. Oh. Um, actually, Pitchfork, did you read that review from Pitchfork for I, Man of the Woods? I read a paragraph Holy shit. and saw that it got a 3.8. And I was like, I, I don't even they care to finish it. tore it apart. They killed it. We saw this coming, though, like we said on the episode last week, the way they reviewed the singles and just were speaking about it in general. What I find more interesting, though, is the response to his halftime show. Because I thought his halftime show was fine. You know, it wasn't anything special. It got, like, poorly received by social media and most people. I feel like the whole narrative with the album coming out influenced how people received the halftime show. Yep. And people just went into it wanting to be like, no, fuck this. Like, we're all just going to make fun of this no matter what. I'm convinced it could have been actually awesome, and people still would have been like, fuck JT. It definitely seemed, I guess, a little lackluster. Like, there were, when it ended, I was like, oh, like that. It wasn't yeah. as spectacular no. as other Super Bowl right. shows have been. Um but yeah, I think the backlash was a little bit too much. He put on a fine show. He's an entertainer. Like I actually thought yeah. the, the mic stand moves he was Those doing were cool. They were cool as hell, yeah. man. Um, yeah, you know what I, I, I realized is that uh, I love music, obviously. I love the Super Bowl. I don't love the Super Bowl halftime show. My least favorite part. I don't care about it. No. And th- the evidence is this is like from two thousand from nineteen ninety nine on. I can tell you the two teams that played in the Super Bowl, who won, tell you pretty close what the score was. For a lot of them, I can tell you where it was. Right. I realized lately, like, I don't remember which halftime show is which. I'm I, very fuzzy on those. Some of them I flat out don't People remember. People always reference, like, oh, Springsteen, Tom Petty, The Who. I'm like, ah, yeah, I remember that was sometime around the mid to late 2000s they all played. I don't remember which Super Bowl. Did you remember that the Rolling Stones played one? Vaguely, yeah, sure. I, I like, didn't. I, I can't even really tell you who played the Patriots ones too much. Like I know Petty was Super Bowl forty two. I know U two was was the one against the Rams, and I know that Timberlake and, and yeah, and, and Janet actually, Jackson, Paul McCartney was the okay, okay, Super Bowl. So okay, I remember those. Okay, but yeah, like the other ones, and then Katy Perry, Lady Gaga. So maybe I do know those. You know, all I do know those. You know all of them. Uh, but yeah, in general, I, I don't really care. And it was the same with this. Like honestly. It was, okay, get away from the TV for a bit, go grab a beer, talk to some people, kind of decompress from the stress of the game. That's the other thing, too. This is colored because we are Patriots fans and we're just always in the Super Bowl. So we look at the halftime show a little bit differently, I think, than other people may. Especially over the last 15 years. Right, and you you get to halftime and it is just a reprieve from the stress because this is, again, not a sports podcast, but... 
were still in the sort of that mode. Yeah. And I got to say, the Patriots usually at halftime are playing like shit. And yeah, like what's up with that? And have to come back. It's really annoying. Yeah. And like either do and win or almost do and don't, um, <laughs> as was the case this year. But yeah, the, the halftime shows, it doesn't move the needle for me. I don't really care that much about it. Something about things that are so hyped and clearly meant to be a spectacular, like musically, yeah. it doesn't resonate with me. No. And, like, I remember people in the room, and I don't blame them for saying this, this is a legitimate critique, but they were like, he's not even singing. I was like, is that what it's about? <laughs> right, no, it's not. Is is what the Super Bowl halftime show is about? Like, is it about an impassioned, really good singing performance? Like, if you want to make it that, sure. But it, what evidence do we have that it's ever been that? No, no, we really haven't. It's just, it's just like people dancing and like, them basically playing over speakers, yeah. songs you know. It's like just more fun. It's about the visual. Right. I think that's where JT maybe lacked a little bit with some of the visual. I think so too. And I think a lot of people expected like a guest. Yeah. Some, somehow we've been primed to expect guests every yeah. single year. Well, it's happened a lot of times. And I think it was like for a few years in a row, it became just like an all-star concert. I, you, I'm not convinced that Bruno Mars... Isn't just like in a coffin, not dead, right? But like basically, picture uh, that movie that sucked that no one went to see. Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Oh were in it, yeah, where yeah, they're like yeah. asleep. Yeah, basically, picture the Matrix. You can't convince me that that Bruno Mars is not in a similar chamber. Yep. In the stage that they move from Super Bowl to Super Bowl, and then <laughs> that, they, that they wake him up during media day, and they're like, "All right, Bruno, get, get ready for to play Uptown Funk. Get ready yeah. to be like a guest during the Super Bowl." It's like, "All right, like where am I needed? Can I wear my hat?" They're like, yeah, dude, yeah, like, you can you... wear your hat. JT has a similar hat, so you know we might need to diversify a little bit. But like, he's that dude has guested in like every Super Bowl in history, right. even when it was the marching bands in the '60s. Yes, it's true. It's true. He's the guest thing. Is weird. I, it I is. There's a little too much of that. But yeah, it just seemed like people wanted to go into this Justin Timberlake album release and Super Bowl halftime show just ready to hate it no matter what. Yeah. I think it's a little unfair. Sure. I don't care either way about him, really, but I think it is a little bit unfair. I generally like Justin uh, yeah, Timberlake yeah. Um, as a fan of uh, NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, absolutely. Unabashedly. He was not in both of those bands. No, just one. Just the one. Just one of them. Um, okay, let's Boys. talk about a couple announcements here. We'll kind of talk about these in total. So, Do you want to do it this way? you want me to take one song, you take the other yeah, song? Yeah, let's do that. What's the first song we have here? I just wanted to give a shout to a song... Um, by an artist named More More M O R M O R one word. Um, they this artist only has one song on Spotify, but it got a best new track from Pitchfork. So I happened to see it. I thought that literally this is how superficial I am. I saw like the album covers. Like oh, that's kind of cool looking. I'm gonna mm-hmm. listen to this, and I've actually ended up really liking this song. It's kind of like this poppy R and B, a little bit like. It has elements of rock, has yeah. elements of uh, of certain you know styles of indie rock, and it's really cool. It's this like sleek, kind of laid back, smooth vocal performance from this guy. I think guy. It's yeah, um, and it ends in a pretty cool little crescendo with some like borderline screamed vocals, but really passionate sounding. So I just, that's just like more of a recommendation than anything. I don't even really know what who more more is or like if what, there's a record like or what, what more more is about. Right. It is a good song though. I, I do recommend that. So it's that, called Heaven's Only Wishful. Yeah, Heaven's Only Wishful got a best new track from Pitchfork. Uh, it was good. I really liked it. And then the other new song that just came out 
was by one of our favorite bands, Titus Andronicus. They have a new album coming out. I think it's March 2nd. A Productive Cough? Uh, yeah, Productive Cough. I think it means you get a lot of phlegm with it, which is good. I, you know what, dude? As someone who has a cold, like... How many weeks in a year are there? 52? Yeah. So like 20? <laughs> Seriously. Like a little yeah. less than half of the time I have a cold? <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like a productive No, cough. it's true. There's nothing like it. So they had already come out uh, with one single called Number One, parentheses, in New York. They came out with a new one called Above the Bodega, parentheses, Local Business. Local Business being the name of one of their older albums, their third album. Self-referential Local shit. Local Business. Right they do that a lot. Okay. There are songs... Starting on the first album, The Airing of Grievances, they have uh, No Future, then No Future Part 2, and then on um, mm. on The Monitor, they have No P- Future Part 3, and that kind of continues. Like on Most Lamentable Tragedy, they also have No Future Part 4, and I think there's a Part 5 on there too. Um, so I'm sure we'll probably get a No Future Part 6 on uh, this new album. But anyways, this new song, Above the Bodega, Big time classic rock feel. And that is kind of what I would say about both of these is it's less, it's definitely less of the kind of hard rocking punk that was on Most Lamentable Tragedy for a lot of those songs and definitely Airing of Grievances and the Monitor to, monitor to an extent. Um, I would say it's it's more in line with some of the more Springsteen-y um, kind of 70s rock. Is that more what you want at this the point? The monitor. It probably is. Because you're the Dynamo Titus fan. Yeah, I, I would say that's my favorite. Like the more anthemic Titus, I think, mm-hmm. is the better Titus because um, Patrick Stickles is such a good lyricist that a lot of the times he packs so much into each line and stanza and verse and chorus that you almost need to explicate it like a poem to really understand what he's talking about and i think on most lamentable tragedy the one knock is that there's a few songs that are like kind of too heavy and too hard and too fast to really understand what he's saying right um it seems like it's been dialed down a little bit and you're able to understand some of it a little bit more so i'm really under uh, excited for this new record coming out by them uh, but if you're interested in Titus Andronicus, there is a new single out there. Uh, so check it out. Um, big shout to Miss Sears, our sophomore year English teacher, for introducing us to Explication, which Sean referenced right. in that last segment. That's right. Explication is awesome. Yeah. I, don't, I haven't done it as a practice. No, I haven't either, but it's actually... I think we do it in a um, in a more informal way. It's really just way. teaching you like to look out for subtext and yeah. other shit and like the the actual bones of the poem that make it a great work of art. It's basically close reading. Exactly. It's just close reading. Exactly. Speaking of close reading, um, <laughs> this segue won't go anywhere because the, the <laughs> next thing we want to talk about is the fact that Unknown Mortal Orchestra uh, has announced a new album. I think the name is Food and Sex. Yes. Um, their help me out with the name of their last album, Sean, because I I'm, I'm lo- I can't remember it. Um, yeah, uh, I do remember liking it. It was Multi Love. I Multi- loved the song Multi Love. I remember this album surprised me in a couple ways. One, it surprised me in how much I liked it, and two, it surprised me that I ended up liking it more than you because I think you had more experience with Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Yeah, I heard a few songs here and there. Yeah. Okay, and I I remember. I think that was that year. I think that was 2015, 2016. 2015, that, yeah. That was one of our biggest discrepancies. It was. In terms I of really ranking. didn't like that album that much. Right. I never wanted to go back to it. 
I ended up having a nice little run with it. So I'm looking forward um, to some new Unknown Mortal Orchestra. I don't think anything else really to announce at this time about that one. Uh, there is a, a single out there oh, called right. American Guilt. Uh, that came out back in at the end of January, January 24th. Okay. So there is a single out there for it. So if you're interested in them, you can check that out. But yeah, we have a new album from them coming out. Uh, I'll definitely check it out. I'll definitely, hopefully I, I enjoy it a little bit more than, than the last one there. Right. Well, we got to talk about this Quincy Jones interview. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. So Quincy Jones, if you're not familiar, and I wasn't really familiar with this guy. It seemed like a name I had heard before. Definitely. Um, he was just like a big time music producer, right? Or like that's the that's the general sense okay. I get. Okay. Um, yeah. So he did an interview with Vulture recently, and a lot of crazy shit came out of it. So I, I picked out four points here, Jake, and, and I want to do buy or sell with okay. each of these points. Oh, perfect. And here, so really quick. Here's his Wikipedia entry. Quincy okay. Delight Jones mm. Jr., also known as Q, awesome nickname. Very cool. Is an American record producer, actor, conductor, arranger, composer, musician, television producer, film producer, instrumentalist, magazine founder, entertainment company executive. Wow. And humanitarian. Wow. I will say this, Sean. He was not very charitable with what he said about the people in this interview. No, no, no. Not really. All right, so we're going to do some buy or sell. Yeah, let's do buy or sell here. It's buy or sell. First one, Jake, he said that Michael Jackson stole a lot of his stuff, like Michael Jackson's songs. Michael stole it from other people, and he specifically called out Billie Jean as being one that Michael Jackson stole. Do you buy or sell this uh, claim by Quincy Jones? It depends on the the context and the way he's saying it. Like other people wrote this stuff, and Michael passed it off as his own. Sell. I sell okay. that. Okay. I buy it from the perspective of like it borrows from stuff. Sure, anything does. Yeah. But no, I sell the fact that Michael Jackson stole Billie Jean. Like, because, like, okay, say that that famous bass line in the song is from something else or whatever, or that that chord progression is in something else. Like, big fucking deal, dude. That That's all music. That's all I music. I am going to buy this because I feel like Michael Jackson, I don't know this for sure. I'm talking out of my ass. Probably had a team of writers working with him, right? In some capacity. But is that, like, I don't think that's stealing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what he meant. I'm not entirely sure. This is like a crazy old man we're talking about he, here. A guy on the brink of senility. So we got one buy, one sell. Okay. Number two. I loved, I loved this one. He, um, The interviewer asked, what's one thing you wish you didn't know? And he goes, who killed Kennedy? And he's like, wait, you know who killed Kennedy? He's like, oh, yeah. It was the Chicago mob. And he's like, the connection was there between Kennedy, Frank Sinatra, the mob. I'm buying this. I'm buying this. Okay. Because my dad has always said, he's never bought the uh, the one-shooter kind of Lee Harvey Oswald theory. theory. He's been like, I think the mob was involved somehow. A and lot I, of people a do. A lot of people do. I'm buying this. Okay. Two buys for me. Here's why I'm selling it. Not because I don't think the mob could have been involved. I'm selling the premise that fucking Quincy Jones knows who did it. He was friends with the Clintons for a long time. You don't think the Clintons know some fucking dirt? Why are they telling this record producer? Because he's... look. Did you read his job description, Jake? He's a humanitarian. He's all these things. This is a powerful guy. Yeah, I'm going to sell... I buy. ...the idea that he knows exactly who did it. Okay. And that he knows like how it went down because... Dude, everyone and their uncle thinks they know. I know, I know, I know. Like, but, and, and, all, I for know. all we know, even if Bill Clinton was the one who told them or he was his source, he might be wrong. 
True. Like, True. I, I'm going to sell on this being right. And, yeah, and, Bill Clinton and Hillary not bastions of, of truth. No, no. Um, they're not. No, so... Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you're right. I think, Jake, these two cells are influenced by this next one. Well, no, no, no. I'm selling on... Like, okay, I buy that the mob could have been involved in okay. the assassination. If that's what you want, okay. I buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if this is a hedge, fine, I don't care. Yeah. I'm selling that Quincy Jones really <laughs> knows, like, it's what's like, up. The whole story. I, I, I kind of buy it because I'm like, well... This is such a random-ass dude to know it. He's been around for a while. He knows a lot of people. I'm like, I bet he knows. I bet he does know. And they did ask him what's one thing you yeah. wish you didn't and know. Yeah, and then he, he followed, like, the guy tried to follow up more. He's like, we shouldn't be talking about this in public. He said that for a few of these. He was like, I don't want to be talking about See, this in public. dude, like, this guy's clearly lost it Yeah, a little I bit. know, I know. Because this next one, he said... Uh, they were talking about the Beatles, and he said Ringo and Paul were bad musicians. He said they were non-players or something like that. He he also said that the Beatles were the worst musicians of all time. Yeah, and he had a funny story about Ringo. He couldn't get this drum part down, Yeah, and he left for a while, and then they brought in somebody else to do it, and then Ringo came back, and they played back what the other guy did. He's like, oh, that sounds good. Like, I think we're good. We don't yeah. need to keep doing this. So when does he... So do you buy or sell this? I sell it in terms of they were bad musicians because I think that's just that's not true. It's horseshit. That's yeah. not true. Right. I sort of I buy it from the perspective of he thought that, like he really thinks that, and okay, okay, and like his perspective. Well, on that grounds, then I buy all of these. He's like, <laughs> right? Then he, that's, hey, that's the whole. What even is truth, Jake? You know, it's a great point. Fucking Tim O'Brien. <laughs> Right, exactly. That's a great point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am obviously selling this. Uh, I I don't know, man. Like to me, this screams of like in Whiplash when um, uh, J.K. Simmons' character talks about not my tempo, not my fucking tempo. <laughs> um, um, how he. Uh, how rock musicians are like bad drummers. Right. How they're bad drummers. Right. That, it seems to me that Quincy Jones comes from the perspective of technical proficiency before like ability to play something that he might not like so much. So like maybe right. he just doesn't like their kind of music and right. like maybe any drummer can struggle with something. Like yeah, you can have this like ace in the hole, um, awesome, just like technically proficient studio drummer to come in and he'll just knock it out of the park. Right. But the Beatles are not the Beatles without Ringo. Right. And the, his drumming style has been cited by countless drummers as really influential on them. Yeah. And it also fits their music better than anyone else's could. Um, Paul being a bad bass player is the biggest bullshit in this yeah, entire that's, thing. that's not true. Because Paul's a freak. And, like, yeah, he like sorry he can't play whatever style you're into. Right. Paul McCartney's not a bad bass player, no. dude. He's just no, not. No, 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 no. And he picked, like... Like, honestly, if you wanted to criticize one of them, like, go after John Lennon or something. <laughs> right. That's what you have to do because you right. have to be like, oh, Plastic Ono Band? He just plays, like, right. three chords or, right. like, listen to his solo on the end. It's just, like, whatever, five notes. Yep. But, like, it, again, it comes down to that, that split in people, the way people think about music, like, technically good or does it sound good? Because if it sounds good, right. it's good to me. Ex yes, exactly. Yeah, I think um, he probably is coming at it from more of a technical aspect. So I'm selling that. So uh, last one here. They, uh, the interviewer asked, is you 2 still making good music today? And he said no. He said um, no. He shook his head no. 
I have no evidence because I've not listened to you two in a long time, but I'm buying. I'm buying too. I, I haven't listened to this newest album, and I've listened to the experience. one before. I mean, if we're going by Rolling Stones rating, then they're the best band of all time, and putting out albums of the year. And these, year. these will be like in the top five discussion, <laughs> right? Exactly for albums of 2018. Exactly. And like honestly, I heard like a snippet of one of these U2 songs at the gym recently. I was like, oh, that's pretty catchy. Yeah. And then I turned sure. on a podcast and didn't listen to the rest. <laughs> You know, right. you know what's funny about having a platform showing like we do is and like having it be small enough that no no one of, of real import will know, know is that you and I fucking nobodies can shit on you too. Like dude, you two, Bono and the Edge, dude, they've written what, <laughs> ten of the best rock songs of all time. And we're just like fuck them. Yeah, we're just like yeah. I, oh, I threw on a podcast instead of listening. <laughs> So, all right, dude, like, what have you accomplished, I Jake? I know. So that's know. all to say that I'm buying this. I buy, I'm buying two. I'm buying two. We need more, like, very candid interviews like this from from people. Because uh, this this was, like, going viral yesterday. Well, especially the Beatles viral. thing yeah, went, yeah. went crazy. And it's it's great for the, those anti-Beatle contrarians out there. Who like want to be like, yes, I've always thought this. It's like, dude, look who you're hitching your fucking wagon to. Look at the other <laughs> right. shit he's saying right. in this interview. I know, I People know. Like, oh, like they do suck. It's like, well, he also just said this crazy thing and this crazy thing. Like, yeah, they're good songwriters, but right. they couldn't play worth shit. It's like, all right, dude, go listen to fucking Buckethead. <laughs> like, I, get out of here. Right. Go ahead and listen to Dragon Eng- Force. Yeah, man. Yeah. Go go yeah. spin some Engve Malmsteen or Steve Vai. Like, just fucking <laughs> gag me with a fucking spoon, dude. <laughs> Uh, so big shout to Quincy Jones yeah, for big, some big entertainment shout. there. Uh, another slow week. We kind of needed it. So honestly, hats off to that dude. Hats it, off. Like, if I, when I'm at his age and when I'm a successful multi-platinum right. record producer, yep. like with all these gold <laughs> records on my walls, <laughs> and I've like met the Clintons and stuff. Yeah, I hope I have the balls to be like him. I hope so too. And I hope I'm like, ooh, like Drake was a bad musician, <laughs> right, right? Right? Because like, dude, you could levy that against so many more musicians. Yeah, now. absolutely. Cause Cause, you, yeah, you gotta pick the Beatles. Like, come on. Because there are musicians now who, like, probably literally can't play. Right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, it's absolutely. Uh, okay, let's do a quick recommendations of the week. Uh, if you recall from last week, I flipped this on its head. I had Jake recommend an album to me. Out of a list. Out of a list. Uh, we picked uh, Blue by Joni Mitchell. I did not listen to it like I said I would. I will get around to it, okay. though. There was no timetable on it. No, 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 no. I still no. haven't listened either, and I said I would. However, what I did get back into uh, was Astral Weeks by Van Morrison. Fantastic record. Really, really good. I went through... Cypress Avenue. <laughs> Madam George. <laughs> um, I did, like a year ago right now, or even in January, last in, in 2017... I had a little resurgence of Van Morrison. I got into Veed and Fleece a little bit. I got into Moondance. Mm. Uh, Moondance. Moon Dance. Um, I got into a couple of his other records. It's some good stuff. Um, hasn't totally stuck around. I haven't like right. haven't continued to do it. You do got to be in the mood. If you're in the right mood for Van yeah. Morrison, it's it's some good stuff. Yeah, it is. It it's is. it's actually for what you grew up hearing by Van Morrison on the radio. His stuff is surprisingly like a like obtuse and it's and it's hard to get into. Obtuse is the wrong word. What's the word? Um, uh, like, it, it's not super accessible. Wait, it's, does obtuse mean hard to get through to? Yeah, I think so. So sort of yeah, like hard, yeah, to get, yeah, yeah, hard to get into. And not everything's like, because you, you expect it, like, oh, brown-eyed girl. Like, everything's going to be yeah, like, that's like, moon no, it's like, no, these songs have, like, almost no structure and just kind of float through and, like, 
Very different from what you'd expect. You should check out Veden Fleece. You, I think you'd like okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, and have you listened to Moon Dance? I have not. It's also really good. The I think you probably know Into the Mystic, right? Oh yeah. yeah that yeah, song's yeah. sick. Yes. Really, really yeah. good. Um, my recommendation of the week. I also didn't listen to Joni Mitchell's Blue like I meant to. I did listen to. I think we were talking about it last week. Art Angels by Grimes. Mm-hmm. And I was just letting it play through on Spotify, and it went through to Visions, which lately I haven't been listening to, because I'm like, ah, I don't like feel like listening to that album. Right. I let it play through. Visions is really, really good. And yeah. I forgot how good you it was. You know what? I think when we got into this, when it first came out, was it 2011, 2012, whatever, I don't think we were good enough music listeners to actually really appreciate this album and understand how good it is. Yeah, I definitely, th- and I thought it was way harder to get into Me than too. it really is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it helps to come back with the context of years and like knowing half the, well, all the songs and having them somewhere in my subconscious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, really good and more accessible than I remember. So, I, I so gotta, Visions is I'm going to go back and listen to Visions because I haven't done it all the way through in a long time. It's really, really good, man. Yeah. And honestly, Art Angels too. So, so yeah. Grimes in general, but specifically Visions this week. Um, We've released Radar here. Yeah, let's wrap up with Release Radar. I just I have two on here. Uh, the first one is Kendrick Lamar. He uh, is in charge of the Black Panther movie soundtrack. I, I guess he's like... I don't know how many original Kendrick songs are on here. That's what I was going to ask as my clarifying I want to say question. I think there's like six or something. Six new originals? I think, I think there are. I think so. Fuck, that's probably worth listening to. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I Damn. think originally he was like, I was only going to do a song or two, and then I saw the movie and I wanted to do more. God, so, you got bless Kendrick, and, and You know what's cool about Kendrick is, so last year he puts out Damn. The year before that, he had like Untitled, Untitled and Master. The year before that was Butterfly. Yep. This year it's Black, Black Panther. So he's doing something like every year that's a little bit different, but still staying on the radar. Like he's yep. he's putting together a nice uh, 2010s. Yeah, he, he really, like an, almost an unparalleled Yeah, run. yeah um, seriously. Speaking of unparalleled run of success, the other release radar <laughs> entrant this week is MGMT with Little Dark Age. Uh, I am going to listen to this album. I am too, because here's the deal. I I'm have, actually excited, weirdly, I've been, in a weird way. I am too. I've been hearing good stuff about this album. Like, it's an MGMT comeback album. Uh, I listened to Congratulations earlier this week. I was like, oh, this album's awesome. It's really, really good. And, I, I, yeah, I'm weirdly excited for this too. Yeah, I I am too, especially because I didn't get into that self-titled album they put out. I never listened to it. I listened twice. Yeah, and I didn't really care about it. Right. There were a couple songs where I was like, "Oh, that's fun." Right. And then that was that. And honestly, this year has been so just empty, really, of new stuff. It's like, oh, MGMT, a familiar name. Like, sure, I'll give that a listen. Bring it on, Andrew Van Wingarten and Ben Goldwasser. By the way, before we sign off. Uh, I, I know we had the new Rye album on release radar last week. I have not listened to it. I listened once. I thought it was enjoyable in the way that Rye is. Okay, okay. Because I threw it out on Twitter. I was like, hey, people who have listened to this, is this any good? Is it worth listening to? I got some positive feedback from a couple people. A couple people who we know are fans of Rye. Right. So I was like, I, well, I'm taking the Pitchfork review with a grain of salt. I'm taking the Metacritic score with a grain of salt. But I'm also taking these positive ones with a grain of salt. Should I listen to this? I've Is there like a couple songs on it, like open on the I, last one that are like, oh, fuck yeah? I wouldn't know what songs they were okay. because I listened to it without looking at the track okay. listing. I, I only listened I, once so far. I, I don't want to listen to it. Here's the thing. It will not 
fucking kill you. It's gonna be right. it's like it's like less than thirty five minutes. Okay. I think I should just do it. And it's just like I've at, just not been in the mood. At the very very least, it's just enjoyable enough yeah. background music. And yeah. I, I'm sure there are some gems on there. I'm probably underselling some of what's good there about probably it. probably are. I'll check it out. I will check it out. And I'll check out Blue by Joni Mitchell. I, I don't know, man. I've just been loving that Sidney Gish album still. And I've been loving getting back to like having certain albums really soundtrack a period of time in your life. And like that Sidney Gish one is just like that. And there's a, a handful of other ones where I'm, I know for a fact I'm going to look back in like two years and be like, oh yeah, like that was that time. Yep. Like, so I, I've been really enjoying that and I've kind of been like wringing that feeling out of everything and forcing myself to listen to stuff like Rye or things I'm not super excited about like defeats that entire yeah, I, idea. I have not been hard on myself this year about that either no. at all. Like, but, I, Honestly, I think it makes for more enjoyable Music listening. Yeah, because as a result, there's really like two albums this year I care about yeah. at all yet. Yeah. It's Jeff Rosenstock and it's Sidney Gish, and there's other that I've others I've listened to and generally enjoyed, and others I've listened to and won't go back to. Um, but yeah, s- similar, sort of the same deal for me. Yeah. It's gonna pick up. We're not gonna have this luxury all year. No. No. Um, but so far, I mean, dude, it's second week in February, and yeah. um, stuff is not really picked up in any meaningful way. Not really. Um. So yeah, I but I but I agree, and I, I think it's good that that you're letting it uh, soundtrack your life, as you said. Yes, that's, that's an important thing. It really is. You get and that emotional connection. You can do it with new albums. You can do it with any album. You can. You can do it with any. Um, here's the thing, Jake. Let's make a promise to ourselves and our listeners next week. Since we haven't had much news, and I don't really see any coming in the near future, let's make an effort to do kind of one of our evergreen topics next week, whether it be. I don't know, best albums of the decade so far, or you know, we pick an artist and we discuss their discography or something like that. Let's let's do that for next week. We don't know what it's gonna be yet, but you know, we'll definitely do some segments if if it's warranted, but let's do a bigger conversation about something else. I dig it. I think I think it would be fun to do a deep dive on an artist. We haven't haven't done that since like episode ten. No, we haven't. Let's so let's we'll brainstorm off air and maybe this coming week we'll spend some time. Listening to that artist. We'll circle back until yeah. we've had time to do a deep dive on that yeah. and really think it through. Yeah. And then we'll come back to the table with, with yes. some stuff to think about. Yes, definitely. Uh, so until then, have a good week. Happy listening. Follow us on Twitter. Thanks, everybody. At Listening Pod. Bye. I'm going to mention this at the top of the show, but we were wrong about the Super Bowl. We we were both wrong. Um, I, I feel that you were particularly strident. I was. And it's like, why not just no, me? I, I agree. Because no one gives a fuck. I agree with you. I was, dude, again, I wasn't, uh, I was not saying they would lose. I was right. like, oh, the Pats are going to win. Yeah. I, I always yeah. thought they were going to. Yeah. And I yeah. thought the Super Bowl had more potential than any of the others to be one where they win handily. I thought um, so too. Didn't happen. Eagles outplayed us. The Eagles played what I've seen described by others and what I would like to now call also like a basically perfect game. It, it pretty much was. Off- except well, for that Foles pick. Offensively. Right. Defensively, they played like dog shit. <laughs> right, right. Speak of underdogs. Right. It's like basically if you took the two defenses from these two teams, you had 
a team that gets a flat-out F, the Patriots, yep. made no stops. Yep. The only turnover they, they got was a fluke and yeah. should have been a catch. For that, I think you need to give them like a D-. minus. Dude, I don't even think they really like earned that pick. Yeah, Jeffrey yeah, had it. Right. He almost caught it. In one F fucking plus, handed. Then. Yeah, F plus, sure. Yeah. Eagles get a D flat. Yeah. Maybe a D plus for causing a game winning turnover. Yeah, they yeah. They had not yeah. played well up till then. No. Brady was doing what although the dude, they might get a C because they're going against fucking Brady. Yeah. Like we went against Foles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. F minus, man. Yeah, you yeah. But Foles was good. Foles was good. Yeah, he played well, man. So, and he was like he put up numbers against the Vikings defense, who's actually good. So yeah. Foles isn't like this bum. No, he's not. He I, I kind of always felt that way a little bit when people would be like, "Oh, Nick Foles is back." He's like, "Well, maybe this guy with like a little more time and confidence could like get back to some some yeah. version of his former self." And it's like he threw three touchdowns and won the Super Bowl MVP. Right. He threw for almost four hundred fucking yards. Right. It's a good fucking game. I do have to say that. It is a big time bump. So first of all, I'm I'm over it. Happy for Philly fans yes. and for actually the Eagles because a lot of good dudes on that team. Oh yeah. Um, I am happy a little bit for the narrative. I am still as a Patriots fan disappointed. Oh yeah. And more to the point, disappointed as a Tom Brady fan who wants his career to like continue to be a right. video game. Right. Because right. he threw for 505 yards and three touchdowns. Right. And was a freak the whole game. Do you think he'll ever win another one? Um, the thing is, is like I, I, my my gut reaction is no, but right. I've said that so many times. Right. Like I probably would have said that, uh, t- like after they beat the Seahawks the year after when they didn't go back. You, if you asked me then, I probably would have been like, yeah, you know, he won't win another. He's almost won two more. I know. He's been I, in two dude, more. He'll probably be back next year. Yeah. And we'll have a good shot to win again. Do you want them to keep going? So say Brady goes to four more and loses all of them. No, I would rather have him not. No, I'd rather have him not go. They're all close. He throws for 500 yards and all of them. No, that would break my heart. That would suck. Would you rather... Because then then his whole legacy like sort of flips almost. Which is bullshit because it's not his fault. No, it's not. The whole discussion of legacy is bullshit. Yeah, it's true. Because it's like his legacy, the Seahawks Super Bowl... He played great in yeah. that game. He threw two picks, but it was a great defense. Yeah. Legitimately great defense. In the second half, he was lights out. And he still needed Butler to save his ass. Yeah. Like, was this last Super Bowl technically the best Super Bowl that Brady's played? Statistically, it was the yeah. best. No picks. The one fumble, but that's hardly his fault. He's thrown a pick in all of them. At least all except of, the Rams all one. None in the Rams. He definitely threw one in the Packers. Yeah. I don't think one in the against I don't the think Eagles. You're right. I think you're right. But I actually no, not all of them because he didn't throw one in forty two. Even though they lost right. in heartbreaking right. fashion, right. and he got hit a lot. He didn't throw a pick. Right. Definitely, I think threw one in forty six. I think so. We know he threw two against the Eagles. Yeah. Threw the pick six against Atlanta. Right. And yeah, none so maybe of it's more games. of just a recent thing. Well, it's like, dude, 500 yards That's, in this game yeah. is crazy. I mean, like, yeah. and, uh, again, they had to air it out. Yeah. But if you told me, it's like, oh, the Pats are going to put up 33. They're going to have 600-plus yards of total offense. Did you see the stat that Bill Barnwell tweeted that was – at first, I thought, it, wow, that's crazy because I thought it was in Super Bowl history. No, it's in NFL history. No team has ever lost after putting up 600-plus yards of offense. I did see that. They're the first ones to yeah, lose any game. It sucks. Uh, it sucks. It was an interesting Super Bowl, man. Yeah. And, like, honestly, even when they went up one with 10 minutes left, I was like, oh, like, 
the, the Eagles are going to score. Oh, yeah. I had no doubt they were going to score. It was a matter of how much time will we have when we get the ball back. The backbreaker there was that Eagles drive took a lot of fucking time. I was like, okay, there's still like a lot of football to be played. It's like, no, there was really only two drives left. There's two and a half minutes. Okay, so when Brady got the ball with two and a half minutes left, I felt pretty good. I was like, right. I was like, I think he's going to lead him down because one, he's done this like too many times to count. And two, there's enough time. And three, like, they haven't stopped stop. him yep. at all. Right. And they got to stop. And then the fumble happened. They got to stop. Yep. And they did it the way you have to do against Brady, which yep. is hit him and cause a fumble. Yep. Because, other, like, other than a really bad pick, which he'll sometimes do, but not often, you're not getting him any other way. No. He's going to find that he's going to make the smart decision. Yep. And I don't know, man. You can't, you really can't blame anyone because the old line played lights out against a good deal. I know. That's one. It, just, it was a great play. It just happens, man. Who, like who made the play? I actually don't even know what the name of the player was on the Eagles. It wasn't Chris Long, right? Yeah, it wasn't Fletcher Cox either. Uh, I don't remember. It wasn't like one of the studs. I don't think that was pretty devastating. That was that took the air out of the room. They took the air right out of the yeah. room. We had a little Super Bowl party going. Yeah, and like people were getting excited. And uh, that just completely yeah. and like the denial thing started yeah. amongst people in the room who were like, well, no, like no, like that doesn't count, right? Right. Like, uh, no, <laughs> it's like, no, that's real. It's a that's... fumble and a clear recovery. <laughs> yeah, yep. that counts yep. ten times out of ten, man. There's nothing, yeah. nothing bailing us out. <sighs> tough, tough to swallow. But I'm over it. I'm over it too. Good for the Philly fans. Congrats, congrats. Great they, music scene. Super Bowl champions. And and, and beat them fucking fair and square. They did. They absolutely did. Uh, all right, ready to dive in. Uh, yep. Okay. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one.